The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Thank you for being with us this beautiful Saturday, January 23rd. 2021. Wow. You know, I, I when I was little, I never thought I would ever say the the the, the number 2021 to 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 say that that year, that number. I mean, that, that's that's mind-boggling to me at the, even now, uh even though I'm sitting here. Well, anyway, uh thank you for joining us today, my friends. Uh I hope uh that you're having a good uh, uh a good at weekend. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had a very, very difficult week. Uh, I, I, I actually felt very, very sad and depressed on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure many of you did uh, as we watched this inauguration of uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And, uh, you know, I couldn't help but feel like um, we had really lost. We have really lost our, na- our, our nation. Now, you know, uh, I, I know I am in danger. I am in real danger, my friends, of being uh, of being canceled by the cancel culture in some form or fashion. I am in danger of being uh, attacked, uh, of being uh, protested against, of being. Uh, that's the climate that we've got now. I mean, um, the uh, the mattress, uh, the pillow uh, guy, uh, I can't remember his name, but, uh, you know, he's been victimized as well because um, uh, Bad Bath and Beyond and a few others uh, are, are now refusing to carry his uh, product because he supported Trump. Uh, you had Forbes magazine on Monday, this past Monday, Forbes magazine, the respected uh, Forbes magazine, which talks about free economies and and business, well, they came out with an editorial that said that anybody that voted, that anybody that worked in the in the Trump administration, that businesses should not hire them. I mean, Bill, uh, uh, incredible! That is just outrageous, outrageous. This cancel culture, how bad it's gotten. It is, you know, I fully, fully anticipate, my friends, that many of us, many of us who are podcasters, many of us who are uh, particularly in the commercial broadcast industry, many of us are going to suffer in some form or fashion an economic, uh, social, political backlash. Uh, I I fully anticipate it because, folks, uh, the left has lost its mind. They are drunk with power right now, or at least what they assume is power. Uh, you know, it, it, it is, it, it is out, it, it, they've just lost their minds in how they are approaching things. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about our favorite subject here uh, on our show, immigration and the border. I mean, that's, that's what brought me to, uh, you know, to uh, national attention, if you will, uh, my commentaries and my uh, positions on 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 uh, the uh, on the problems on the border uh, back in 2014 back in 2013 um, 2012 uh, when I was uh, when I had become a, a Tea Party president and then I uh, started with the uh, Raging Elephants uh, podcast well my friends it, it looks like we're back at the same place again it really does one of the first things that that uh, that uh, Biden did uh, on Wednesday was uh, first of all, first of all, what he did was uh, de- stop all deportations. Okay, so he he stopped. He says that it's temporary that he stopped all deportations. Temporary to them means like the the uh, the remainder of his of his administration. I bet uh, the other thing that they did was uh, that they uh, they they canceled the uh, policy that that Trump had instituted for folks to wait in Mexico for their asylum hearings, okay? Let us be clear, my friends. Let us be clear that when somebody asks for asylum in the United States, 
by definition, by the rule, regulation, law, etc., etc., they are supposed to wait in a third country until their asylum hearing comes up, and then they can come in and uh, you know be heard, etc., etc., or they can be uh, they can be heard at, uh, in that third country. Well, that that uh, rule, that uh, process, has not applied to the uh, Central Americans uh, in the past. Gosh, in the past eight, ten years. These people have been arriving in the United States and in and, and declaring asylum once they are in the United States. I mean, I remember one of my favorite stories when I talked to uh, uh, my uh, buddies in the in, in, that are currently in the in the Border Patrol. Um, I, you know, uh, when I talked to, uh, for example, Tom Holman, who just retired, uh, you know, I, I remember the days uh, when Tom was just a little kid in the uh, in the Border Patrol. Uh, you know, that they used to run away, the, they being the illegal aliens, used to run away from the Border Patrol. You know what they do nowadays? They walk up to the Border Patrol, introduce themselves, and declare asylum. And it's going to happen more so now, because now we're going to go, to go back to this, uh, to this uh, process and release uh, uh, situation, where somebody just crosses the border, introduces themselves, declares asylum, they are processed, fingerprinted, Etc. Etc. And then they are released with the understanding. Okay, here's the problem. Here's the caveat. With the understanding that they are supposed to, if, at, in some future time, they are supposed to report uh, to immigration to an immigration court uh, to have their asylum hearing uh, heard. And you know what? You know what? They rarely, rarely. Uh, it was. It, it, it was. Uh, there was a study that said that less than the not, that less than ten percent less than 10% of those asylum seekers ever show up again at a, uh, at, a, at, a, at a hearing. Less than So what happens to them? They disappear into the fabric of society. And the other problem that we've got is that they've canceled, um, they've canceled the, um, uh, uh, the deportations. So even if they, if, if they uh, you know, disappear into the fabric of, of American society and then they are caught at the later time because they are here illegally, because they have violated uh, immigration law, they're not going to be. They're they're not going to be uh, deported. Welcome to the new world uh, of the uh, of immigration under the Democrats. Welcome to the new world. The other headache that we've got, my friends, and this is you know to me it's it it really shows the hypocrisy, the absolute hypocrisy of uh, of the Democrats. You have. The uh, you ha- you you have Joe Biden. Uh, gosh, you know I'm I'm really trying to be respectful, at least to the to the office of the president. But it's so difficult for me to call him President Joe Biden. But I will try. President Joe Biden has uh, declared an edict, a, an executive order, telling folks that uh, whenever there are they are on uh, government land, they're supposed to uh, they're supposed to uh, wear masks. He is also uh, going out of his way to uh, tell folks, uh, encourage people to wear masks and to stay isolated, okay? So this is what Americans are supposed to do. Wear the mask, stay isolated, uh, reduce travel, etc., etc. In the meantime, what do these hypocrites do? They are in the process of welcoming. Yes, welcoming, because they haven't said anything else. They haven't deterred them in any form or fashion. They've politely told them that they're going to have to wait a bit, uh, that they're not going to get processed immediately. That's what they told them. But I guarantee, I guarantee that the the ACLU, that the uh, uh, Hispanic groups, the liberal Hispanic groups, that uh, uh, AOC, Ocasio-Cortez, and others are going to be at the border uh, letting these people cross. They're going to be... Uh, this huge caravan. I'm talking about this huge caravan of between seven and ten thousand uh, Central Americans. That's that's uh, on its way to the border. They uh, they're not wearing masks. They're like a petri dish of germs. Heavens, you know who knows how much COVID they're carrying. Let alone how many how much fleas, how much mumps, how much uh, diphtheria, whooping cough, everything, measles. Do you remember, my friends, how many Border Patrol agents were taking sick when you had this this uh, uh, this constant arrival of minors 
across the border back under, under Obama. Remember how many, I mean, I mean, we were reporting weekly on the number of, of uh, Border Patrol agents who were get, getting sick with measles, with mumps, with uh, lice. Heaven only knows what these people are carrying. But I guarantee that, that, the, that, that uh, uh, the, the, the rules and regulations that apply to us as Americans of having to wear a mask, of having to stay in one place, that's not going to apply to these people. You know, the Democrats are showing how much they care about the rest of the world and don't care about us. How much, how little value they put on American citizens while they value the rest of them. And you know what they say? They say that, that it's, it's humanitarian that we should allow these people to enter the United States. I'll tell you what be humanitarian is for you to take care of the citizens and taxpayers of our nation first. That's what would be humanitarian. How about doing that? The other issue, my friends, and this is the big one in my book, is we are, are, are about to be inundated by kids again, by minors. There are minors crossing. There are minors being picked up uh, constantly crossing the border, both uh, in the bushes as well as just crossing the border and introducing themselves, asking for asylum and reunification. Uh, and, and again, my friends, we are about to, tr- to become the orphanage of the world again. These kids are entering without permission and without invitation. Let's be blunt. I mean, I'm going to speak to you very, very honestly. A child, an adult, an elderly person, whoever enters the country illegally, entered the country illegally. Okay? Let's make sure we understand that. And if they did so, then they are illegally in the United States. They are illegal aliens, and they should be processed and treated as such. There should not be a special qualifier, a special way of, of handling these illegal aliens versus those illegal aliens. They are all illegal aliens, and they should be, de- they should be deported. How about that idea? Oh, but they're little kids. Who are we going to... How about deporting them back into the hands of their government? Now, let's make sure that we understand, my friends, that every single one of these Central American governments is already receiving is already receiving foreign aid from the United States, from the taxpayer. We are already giving them money for various things. I mean, everything from supporting their, their colleges, their universities, uh, supporting their government, supporting their military. We give them money for everything, okay? And it still isn't enough. Somehow the poverty is, is overwhelming and these people have got to come to the United States. That's what they tell us. So therefore, it is humanitarian that they should come in. I'll tell you what would be humanitarian. For us to take over those governments and make sure that the money that we give them, is, it gets down to the, to, the, uh, to the grassroots. How about if we did that? Or how about if we stop giving them money and we keep the foreign aid so we can take care of all of these illegals that are coming here? all of their citizens that are coming here. We quit giving money to Central American countries, and we keep it. But I'll tell you, my friends, this situation with kids, this situation with children coming to the United States and us, us being, ending up being the caretakers, the child, the child care providers for all of Central America, it is not fair to us, my friends. It is not fair and we should put a stop on it. Instead of excusing children that come into the United States and providing everything, you know, giving them, giving them, giving them, if we were to stop doing that, and if we were to take away money from the governments that don't take care of them in the first place, I guarantee that we would solve our problem. Because these governments, my friends, these foreign governments, these these Central American governments, have it in their in their mind that illegal immigration is our headache. That's what Mexico used to say until Trump shut down the border and said to, and told these people they cannot enter. Then all of a sudden they started staying on the Mexican side. And guess what Mexico started saying? <gasps> Illegal immigration is no longer the United States problem. It's their problem. It was a Mexican problem. And, uh, you know, their tune changed immediately. But now we're back to the same song. We're back to the same song. It is humanitarian that, they should t- that we should take care of everybody. Well, I got news for you, my friends. I don't know about you, but I am suffering from humanitarian uh, fatigue. 
I am suffering from that. And it's just starting, my friends. It is just starting. We're going to uh, take a break. We've got uh, three great uh, uh, guests with us today. We've got uh, Rod Bordelon from the um, Texas Public Policy Foundation in Austin. We've got Mr. Jason Jones, our good friend, uh, regarding the uh, border uh, crime issue. And, of course, we've got Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Stay tuned, my friends. Call your buddies. Tell them to join us. George Rodriguez on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Welcome. Stay tuned. Right back. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to borderhawk.news. Borderhawk.news has up to date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. Borderhawk.news has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to borderhawk.news. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got uh, a new guest with us, uh, Mr. Rod Bordelon, who is uh, an attorney and regulatory uh, uh, legislative Affairs Consultant uh, in Austin with the uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation. And uh, we wanted to get uh, Mr. Bordelon on because uh, we've got uh, the brand new administration coming in, the uh, Biden administration, the Biden-Harris administration, as they tell us. Um, and I wanted him to tell us about the importance of the state and local governments as a uh, possible defense to an overreaching federal government. Uh, I want to ask him if, uh, you know, the states, um, uh, if the, of the state of Texas in particular is going to uh, be able to, and if uh, they could be able to, protect the citizens from executive orders and regulations that might uh, limit or impede uh, citizens' rights, uh, particularly the Bill of Rights, free speech, ownership of guns, uh, all that sort of good stuff, my friends. So, Rod, thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us, tell us first of all about what you see as uh, as uh, a consultant at uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation regarding federal government versus state government on um, regulations, et cetera, et cetera, and what you think uh, might be coming down the pike with this really, really liberal, uh, with some would say radically liberal. Uh, administration that's that's uh, in D.C. now. Well, George, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, and, um, uh, you know, uh, congratulations to the, uh, the United States of America for having yet another uh, largely peaceful uh, transition of power uh, while um, uh, President Biden is going to uh, be engaged in some activities that many of us will disagree with um uh you know it's a it's a new day a new administration and we're all looking uh forward to see what happens um i will tell you it's also a really good day to continue to live in the great state of texas uh which i believe certainly is the greatest state in the greatest country uh in the world and one of the reasons for that is we still have a u.s constitution at least for now <laughs> until unless and until anyone tries to get rid of that. Um, and the U.S. Constitution is very clear that all authority uh, emanates from the people, the will of the people, uh, and then it rests with the states, not the federal government, not the uh, individual municipalities. So all power constitutionally begins with the states and goes in both directions. The Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is very clear that Whatever power and duties are, are not directly and specifically uh, given to the federal government um, uh, rests with the, the states. Um, and the state of Texas, uh, like a few other states, the state of Texas is certainly uh, ready and willing to, uh, to defend those rights. Uh, on behalf of its citizens against any overreaching um, uh, activity by uh, by the federal government, whether it's uh, the federal government uh, under uh, the administration of President Biden or any other federal government administration. If the, if the federal government is overreaching 
uh, and uh, and trying to restrict the rights and privileges of individual citizens in Texas or elsewhere without constitutional authority, then the state of Texas uh, can and will likely challenge those uh, in court. And uh, we have a governor right now, Governor Abbott, when even going back to when he was attorney general, uh, was not at all bashful at uh, filing uh, multiple lawsuits against then the Obama administration uh, and successfully challenging, uh, I believe it was well over 30 uh, major cases where, where the federal government was uh, was overreaching its, uh, its authority. So I expect the same kind of thing to happen in the Biden administration. Uh, we don't know for sure what President Biden is going to be doing, but, um, but you know, if you just go by uh, some of the rhetoric that he and his uh, administration officials have been discussing over the last several weeks, um, it's going to it's going to be a challenge. But I think the state of Texas is ready. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think that uh, you know, uh, one of the issues that that a lot of the folks worry about is uh, the issue of uh, well, first of all, the Second Amendment. Um, we have heard some very very strong comments from uh, the uh, new vice president, uh, from Kamala Harris, about ownership of guns and whether or not what kind of guns are, necess- are, are, are truly necessary, as she puts it, for, uh, for people uh, to own. We also have the issue of, uh, of energy, um, the Green Deal. Uh, I mean, Texas, obviously, because of our, of our uh, oil and, ener- and gas industry, um, might be, uh, you know, is going to be a big target for uh, stopping pollution and killing Mother Earth, as some people t- tell us. Uh, what can the state possibly do to um, to uh, address those issues if, uh, you know, those uh, hard regulations, if they come down the pike? Yeah, well, again, as I said, a lot of that will be um, the devil's in the details, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what they put uh, on the table. Uh, when it comes to the Second Amendment, uh, the courts have been fairly clear in the past that that is um, that that's a difficult one to, to to breach. There there can be like like any constitutional right, there can be what the courts generally refer to as reasonable restrictions. That's why you can't go out and and legally purchase certain types of weapons. You can't uh, uh, purchase a, a bazooka or a, you know or an atomic bomb or anything like that. Um, but but there are. You know there are there, so there there are reasonable restrictions um, for on on any type of uh, of, of uh, amendment to the Constitution, including the Second Amendment. Uh, but it's likely based on the much of the rhetoric that uh, Kamala Harris, um, now President Biden, and uh, and others in his uh, soon to be administration are uh, have been discussing. Um, and if they uh, if they go over the line, uh, and we expect in many cases they they will try to, and if they try to go over the line, then those will be challenged, and they can be challenged on a couple of, of instances. First of all, I think they're going to try some legislation, um, and that would be, of course, going through Congress. And should Congress uh, pass any legislation, that too can be challenged on the basis of it being unconstitutional. So even if Congress passes legislation and the president signs it. If it's in violation of the Second Amendment or any other provision of the Constitution, that can be challenged. Um, thankfully, uh, thanks to uh, President Trump, we have a, uh, a majority in the uh, Supreme Court that I think we can rely on to be uh, a pretty uh, strict constructionist in that respect, um, and would be willing to uh, to overturn some of those that are that are overreaching. Um, another thing to, to be looking out for is is not just if if the Biden administration goes to Congress to try to pass legislation, um, they've indicated, and certainly uh, now Vice President uh, Harris has indicated a willingness to engage in executive orders. And certainly every president has engaged in executive orders, but they can, again, this is another one of those powers that the executive branch, the president uh, of the United States, can only issue such executive orders that he has uh, authority to uh, to execute. And, and those are very few, and he's got to follow of the law and certainly has to follow the Constitution. So I could see them trying to institute executive orders uh, on the Second Amendment. Uh, you mentioned energy a little while ago. That's certainly an area where uh, then-President Obama engaged in a great deal of executive orders uh, vis-a-vis the EPA or directing the EPA to, to uh, 
to uh, adopt a, a number of regulations or, or enforcement actions without authority. And those were, for the most part, uh, uh, often successfully challenged. Now, it, you know, it, it, it often takes a little while to work its way through the courts. Um, so it, it'll be it, it'll be a challenge, but uh, as I mentioned, I think the state of Texas is up to that challenge, and we'll be on the we'll be on the ready. Once again, my friends, I want to thank uh, Mr. Rod Bordelon for being on our show today with the uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation. Uh, we intend to get more of these folks on our uh, more of the the experts out there at uh, at the Texas Public Policy Foundation on our show to chat about uh, the issues that are coming down the pike, my friends, because. Uh, I mean, if there's anything that uh, we need to do is we need to look to the state to defend our rights. Uh, we, we definitely do. I mean, uh, as Rod uh, mentioned at the very, very uh, beginning of his interview, uh, you know, the Constitution is that, you know, the states and uh, the federal government share, but uh, the states, uh, we are citizens of the state. And uh, just because uh, uh, somebody in Washington, D.C. wants to limit our rights, well, they just can't do that, my friends. They just can't do that. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. And we've got our good buddy Jason Jones, the... uh, former Texas Department of Public Safety uh, uh, official, as well as the border crime expert. And uh, since we've got a caravan coming, my friends, as well as we've got, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've got a more liberal administration in Washington, D.C., I wanted to get him on the show because uh, we're going to need to chat as to what uh, possibly is going to be happening with the border security issue, not to mention uh, the, the cartels, uh, people trying to sneak out or sneak in, rather, people trying to uh, embed themselves in these caravans. Heaven only knows what we've got. I mean, you know, uh, Jason, welcome to the show. As usual, thank you for taking time to be with us. Talk to us. What do you know? What is going on? What can be done regarding these uh, new caravans that are coming up and um, border security. Absolutely. George, uh, one of the things that I think the folks really need to think about is why is it happening right now as a new administration is coming in? And the reason for this is very clear, and it's perception. Perception drives migration patterns, and we have to be open and honest that President Biden has run on a platform for the last 10 months that if you come, you will make it into the United States. That it, you know, he was going to reduce and get rid of all of Trump's border initiatives and border programs. And the the world has listened. And for the last ten months, they have been traveling to Central and South America and to Mexico, preparing to cross upon his inauguration if he had won. Well, he did, and now we're seeing it. So that's what's causing this. Now there is there are two other factors. There's also the fact that we've had COVID. COVID has restricted the normal migration flows of people through some of the countries from Central America into Mexico due to the Trump's policies. Then you take the economic issues. Those three factors are driving the migration pattern now towards the U.S. And the major tripwire to watch that things are really going to increase beyond the caravans that we're talking about. Because the caravans right now are only at about nine to 12,000 people. And that's going to increase over time. But the real tripwire for the folks to watch for that they won't hear about in the news is when the COVID restrictions at the borders between the different countries open up, the surge is really going to happen. And so I would tell the folks to keep an eye on the National Guard with the Mexican government at the southern border of Guatemala. As soon as they are removed, you're going to see a massive push toward the U.S. border. You know, it's very, very interesting how all of this is playing out because here we have... Uh, an economic shutdown in the United States because we're all afraid of COVID. Not to mention that the uh, news media is talking about the new strain of COVID uh, and, uh, you know, just going into a panic about that. However, you know, never mind the cartels and the crime, the drugs, uh, it would seem that even for our health, we would want to close down the border or at least 
be very, very careful on who, who's coming in and who's not. And that just doesn't seem to be the case. Even Mexico, uh, who is uh, very, very cautious about uh, who goes across their border because of COVID, um, doesn't seem to be uh, stopping these, these people from, from, from crossing or wanting to cross into Mexico. No, it, it doesn't. And I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, the Guatemalan government's done a tremendous job. They set up 12 different roadblocks to stop these caravans. So, you know, if you watch television and we're monitoring these caravans as they cross from Honduras into Guatemala, you saw them finally being able to break through some of these barriers. But what a lot of people didn't realize is that they had 12 others they had to breach. And so the Guatemalan government really did a fantastic job to hold these first caravans. However, what you're not being told is there are three others all the way back to Honduras ready to surge. So the pause, uh, or the, that, uh, or should I say the surge that we had, was, uh, you know, uh, this, it, it, it's going to be an ongoing thing then. Uh, if we've got three more coming, I mean, for crying out loud, when does it stop? I mean, how many people are going to be at the border uh, wanting to come in. I mean, you know, my, my, the estimate that I heard on this on this one, sir, one uh, caravan that's coming, this initial one, is that there's 7,000 people in that group. Heaven only knows how many are, are in the other ones. Yeah, the other ones are pretty small right now, but they will gain and they'll gain pretty quickly. As we saw on Friday, uh, this one caravan started out at 4,500 people within 24 hours. It was up to 9,000. Oh, my gosh. The same thing. The same thing will happen with the others, George. They will compound, and as they move and they get more publicity, people will join. But the caravan is what the news will cover. I want the folks to know there's another thing that they need to be aware of, and that is what's already in Mexico ready to come into the Yeah, United right, States. exactly. The Mexican government has an agency known as COMAR, C-O-M-A-R. That agency right now estimates that there are 95,000 Mexican citizens and people who have come into the country who are ready to come into the United States. Now, CBP, in addition to that, monitors the normal influx of people who are coming in who are being apprehended, then taken back to Mexico. They estimate between 70 and 77,000 are in that group. So you put those two together, just in Mexico alone right now, we're looking at just under 200,000 that we know via statistics that we know are ready to come. So. CBP right now is one of the most important agencies in the United States government to protect us from this. And I can tell you that I have worked with them. I have built programs with the state of Texas to help when in 2014, many folks may remember when we had the unaccompanied alien children surging, and there are not enough of them. And the solution that I want to say to this is that there's no stopping it. Um, they are going to come. They have been told, and there's no going back across the world to their home countries. They're going to try to make it into the U.S. So what needs to happen now is the U.S. government must send FBI, DEA, HSI, National Guard, and many government agencies down there because CBP will be overwhelmed. And we have to just expect it. It is what it is. This is what our government has done to us. And what we need to do is make sure to do everything we can to secure our borders. But I have to also be honest, I don't see that happening. Well, you know, but again, if if we send all of these agencies to stop the illegal aliens wanting to cross, what about the cartels? What about, you know, what about those folks? Because those folks, you know, uh, while the, while the, uh, the uh, migrants want to just, you know, cross the border and enter the uh, we're so busy trying to stop them that what's stopping the um, you know who's watching the uh, back door uh, with with the cartels coming across well this is where it gets very complex and where I get very frustrated because what is going to happen is what we saw in 2019 the news will focus on migration and immigration what they will not focus on is the crime that's going to affect the American people Right now, this is a win-win for the cartels because they're going to make money on human smuggling. They're going to make money on human trafficking, and they are going to make a lot of money on sending more fentanyl and methamphetamine, which is pure poison, into this country because while Border Patrol and CBP officials are chasing migrants, they are going to be easily able to get through 
all of these dangerous drugs. And that's just a fact. We've seen it in 2019 when we had a surge. We saw it in 2014 when we had the surge. And we're going to see it again. And, you know, we are already at a national epidemic in overdose deaths. I mean, and that's not because I think it or I feel it. I mean, George, you know in the past I've talked about this and there's been a major concern of mine. We are at 81,200 overdose deaths from May to May in 2020. That's unprecedented. We've never seen that level of overdose deaths. And what is going to happen with migration is it's just going to compound that problem upon the American people. Uh, it's You know, again, it is really, really uh, disheartening uh, that that we're going to be facing this situation again because uh, what will probably happen is that anybody that gets across is probably going to be caught and then released as they were before. Uh, and, and there's no effort to discourage, first of all, the illegal the, the migrants from coming. That that's that's number one. I mean, they're gonna they're they're gonna continue to come. And then secondly, uh, once they're at our doorstep, uh, Mexico's not gonna do anything to stop them. I mean, they're they're not gonna be able to handle thousands and thousands of people at uh, on their side of the border. That's right. It's coming. And I was just on the phone. So where we are right now, because of Trump's policies, everyone at our border that comes through, if you notice, they don't turn themselves in as they did in 2019. Remember when we had all of the family units? Over the last year, they've not done that. They've been what we call runners. Every time they cross, they're running for Border Patrol, and Border Patrol's been able to apprehend quite a few of them um, at, at a much better level because they didn't have near the numbers surging. Now, because of the changing of policies, we are already seeing it. I was on the phone this morning with Border Patrol agents on the ground in South Texas, and in the last three days, they have begun to see family units now turning themselves in, claiming credible fear, and trying to uh, uh, obtain asylum. So that shift is happening now, and while the news agencies will focus on the caravans, I want you to know the numbers are picking up and we're seeing it on the ground. So it's all going to be all over again, the, the catch and release, and these people will be given a date to, re, to reappear for a court hearing, and they never will appear, and there we go. Ah, That's disgusting, right. disgusting, right. disgusting. Where we are. And that will cause, across the nation, local index crimes to go up. And, you know, I get frustrated with that, as you know, George, because, you know, human smuggling, human trafficking... Uh, debt bondage, drug trafficking, all of this is going to go up, never mind, you know, local burglaries, robberies, and everything else. This will affect the American people. Yep, that's right. Buddy, thank you very, very much uh, for being on our show again, like, as usual. Uh, we'll get you back on now that uh, these things are going to just uh, start heating up. You can give us more uh, updates of what's going on. We've been talking with our good buddy, Jason Jones. Uh, and uh, Jason, thank you very much for taking time, as usual, to be with us. Great to be with you, George. Thanks for having me. George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our very, very good friend, uh, Mr. Todd Bensman, who is uh, with the Center for Immigration Studies. And Todd recently uh, wrote an article. Uh, and um, I, I think he's, you know, he is so much right on target um, because um as we know, uh, we have a new administration, we have a new president, uh, much to our chagrin, but we have a new president, and uh, one of the first things that he did uh, his first day was uh, reverse a bunch of the uh, uh, Trump administration uh, executive orders, uh, including uh, the uh, travel ban uh, to certain countries. Um, at the same time, he uh, uh, 
ordered, he sent out an executive order about everyone wearing face masks. Never mind that we've got tons of illegal aliens coming our way from uh, Central America who uh, are, have been described as a Petri dish. But uh, this kind of shows the, uh, the craziness, the hypocrisy and craziness of this, uh, this situation. We are endangering American citizens in so many ways. Uh, Todd, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. Talk to us. Tell us about this reversal of the travel ban. That was the very first thing that the Biden administration did yesterday after the inauguration. Uh, first act of his presidency was to eliminate the uh, restrictions on visa issuances to people from 13 countries. Five of them are uh, Muslim-majority countries. Uh, the issue with that is uh, security vetting. So the reason why those countries were on the list to begin with is because they didn't have governments or don't have governments, no records. They're pre-modern uh, countries like Somalia and Libya uh, that are ungoverned and impossible to conduct security vetting. You can't call them up and ask for a criminal background check on somebody who's applied for a visa from someplace like Somalia or Libya or Yemen or Chad, which is also on the list. And so rather than to gamble that whoever is applying is probably not a member of a jihadist militia or a terrorist group or some kind of a, a criminal uh, you know, human trafficking uh, scheme, uh, we ban them. They're just, we're not taking anybody from those countries. It's just sort of an all or nothing thing. That was the Trump and that really, that really makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it really makes sense that if you don't know who's coming in, why are you going to let them in? It's really good homeland security. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, I think people understand that uh, these countries are, um, some of them are just flat-out hostile to the United States, like Venezuela and Myanmar, and they don't have cooperation with them or collaborative relationships with them. And so by removing the ban allowing these uh, people from these countries to just start coming in in large numbers, visas means that we're going to be taking a gamble, in, a gamble with each and every one of them, that they weren't some kind of a terrorist or something like that. Our experience in the past before the ban was put into effect was a great many of those people from those countries turn out to be terrorists. We have had to prosecute them. Uh, we have had close calls with them. And some of them have attacked. And so uh, what my article uh, talks about, it names uh, three or four different examples of uh, what we can look forward to uh, in the absence of that ban. Gosh, you know, it, 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 it amazes me how these first actions by Biden, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, I have a hard time calling him President Biden. I'm sorry. I mean, I guess I should out of just respect. But I have a very difficult time understanding how his first actions are almost anti-American. I mean, shouldn't we have a president that that, that worries about American uh, security and American citizens first? Well, I would, I mean, I would regard uh, the elimination of the travel ban as just a political stunt that feels kind of politically gratifying. Uh, that was the first thing Trump did, so it's the first thing we're going to do, and reverse the thing that Trump did. But it's really thoughtless. It really uh, is. Add homeland security. It, there was no thought given to the fact that we'll, you know we're going to start allowing people from Chad, where that's filled with Boko Haram terrorists, and Libya, which is completely controlled by armed militias. Half of them are ISIS and Al Qaeda, and that you know, they're going to say my name is is Mickey Mouse, and we're letting them in. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what's going to happen. It's just. It's terrible homeland security policy, and I can guarantee you, I, you know, go ahead and quote me, that before too long we will start having terrorist cases and hopefully no attacks, and I really hope I'm wrong about this, but oh, I don't right. think I am. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, my, my, my gut and my, my heart just goes to the floor when I think about it. It really does. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, anything else that you want to add and share with us, my friend? Well, I mean, on that topic, I would point out that, you know, they call it the Muslim ban. It was not a Muslim ban. 
there were a great many Muslim countries that were never on that list, and there's a good reason for it. Uh, the reason is because Saudi, countries like Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan have governments, and those governments are allied, and they collaborate with Americans on intelligence. And so, obviously, that is the sort of crux of things. Uh, the, the, the countries that are actually on the, the travel ban right now make up only 8% of the world's Muslim population. The rest of those uh, Muslim-majority countries are not on the, on the ban list because they collaborate and they have governments <laughs> that you can call and, and get, get the names of the bad guys or learn that they were arrested for rape or whatever it was. Uh, so I just want to point out that the misnomer, it's being called Islamophobic and racist and all this sort of thing. This was about security vetting, George. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, really, it, it's really amazing. I mean, uh, what's wrong with, with having a presidential administration that, uh, that watches out and is uh, protective of Americans? I, I don't understand that. I really don't well, understand I mean, if you're going to get rid of a policy, at least at least have a replacement, a reasonable alternative to put in its place. But they're not doing anything like that. They just got rid of it. And so, you know, welcome Somalis starting to come back in and Sudanese and all the rest in countries that have no databases. I I remember uh, six years ago that there was an incident at Ohio State University where a a Somali uh, went nuts and uh, was shooting people. And, exactly uh, right. He came in under a pre-ban visa. That guy would not have been allowed into the country under Trump's ban. <laughs> Never would have happened. But he did come in under Obama. <laughs> That's right. Pre-ban. Oh, my gosh. And he's not the only Somali, and he's not the only Syrian, and all the rest that are on that. that they, we're just going to see more of this. I don't want to... You know, no, it's not that we're being alarmist. It's just that, you know, at the same time while that is going on, the um, uh, there are certain sheriffs that got elected that are also backing off of the, uh, what is it, the 287G uh, of cooperating with, um, with, uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, oh gosh, ICE, with uh, cooperating with ICE when it uh, when they pick up a criminal alien. So it's not just, you know, a terrorist, it's just the criminal aliens uh, as well. I, we're just we are looking at, 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 at a at an absolute crazy situation in protecting Americans. Yeah, I think we're we're just it's rolling the dice again. We're back to rolling the dice, oh, and amazing. it's really unfortunate. But it's humanitarian, is it not? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they're calling it for, you know whatever whatever they want to call it. They're, nobody's thinking of it in terms of security vetting and um, you know gut level, you know. Uh, Conventional wisdom about how how that works and who you let into the country. We don't have to let Libyans and Sudanese into the country. It's not necessary that we let them into the country without any kind of that. The country is not obligated for humanitarian reasons to just suddenly start letting the floodgates flow of people from Chad and Libya and Somalia and places like that. We don't have to let people in who are unvetted. We don't need to take the gamble. Uh, so that's what that's where we're back to. We're, we're taking the gamble, uh, and, and you know, I got my fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. My heart just goes to the bottom. Gosh, to the floor. Um, all right. Well, thank you, my man. Thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule. I think that uh, immigration issues are about to get super hot now. And um, you probably are going to be very, very busy with uh, interviews and other things, correct? That's right. And, uh, you know, I'm heading to the border uh, on Monday myself. Uh, I'll be in the El Paso sector checking out how things are looking up there. We want to hear about that. We'll definitely want to hear about that. My friend, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. We've been talking with uh, our good friend Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd, thanks again for being with us today. Great to be here, George. Thanks. Wonderful. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in today. Uh, you can always go to, uh, you can hear this program again by going to the website for KLUP 930 AM radio 
uh, El Conservador. Uh, you can also go to my um, to my uh, social media pages, uh, both uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I know those are bad bad for some of you, but that's you know I mean as long as they uh, don't censor me, I'm I'm still there. Uh, but I'm also on MeWe and a new one called Heroes App, uh, as well as on Link uh, LinkedIn. Uh, all of those uh, you can find me in, in uh, El Conservador, and uh, you can you can listen to the program on, on there. Uh, so thank you very very much for being with us, my friends. Uh, I want to thank our um, our guests, Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, and Jason Jones, border crime expert, and uh, Rod Bordelon Bordelon from um, from the uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation. I'm going to get him on uh, again uh, sometime soon. Folks, these are going to be trying times. We have got to, first of all, communicate with one another. We've got to communicate honestly. And we've got to communicate factually. We can't be running around with with, uh, uh, assumptions as well as rumors. Let's do it based on facts. And I am telling you, my friends, the facts are scary enough. This, these situations with, that we're facing with, with illegal immigration, with uh, climate control or climate uh, change uh, regulations that are coming down the road, uh, these uh, situations that we're looking at with uh, regards to uh, our uh, shrinking of the military and shrinking of border security, my friends, we are looking at scary times. And they, we have got, we have got to be strong enough to uh, challenge these uh, Democrats, these liberals, these leftists, these communists. We've got to be strong enough to challenge them, because if we, you know, if, if we try to to uh, uh, get along with them and try to um, uh, uh, compromise with them as we have in the past, I'm, I guarantee we're going to get run over. It's it's going to be even worse. It's going to be even worse. My friends, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer, thank you for being with us. Join us again next week and join us uh, on, uh, on, on the social, serv- on the social uh, uh, communications uh, websites, my friends. I thank you. Take care. Until next week. Mm-hmm.